0: Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. You know, a lot of times we don't realize who's looking for Jesus, who's positioning themselves to see Jesus. They're looking for something. And that something is Jesus. And they'll do what Zacchaeus does. They'll put themselves in a place like he did, you know, up in a sycamore tree so that Jesus could see him. And we talked about how, you know, uh, Jesus is always looking. And he's, uh, and he's looking for us. And he knows us by name. And, uh, and how that one encounter with Jesus led to a significant change in his life. But it happened because of a simple gesture by Jesus. Hey, let's hang out. Let me come to your house, and let me have supper, and let me hang out with you. And that led to a complete change in Zacchaeus' life. I want to continue on that thought, because sometimes, you know, when we're having these encounters, God can use us, not just only in the simple gesture, but in how we approach and have conversation and act around people who are not uh, believers, who don't know the Lord, they're on that journey. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6, this was the heart of Paul, and he says this, devote yourselves to prayer, for an, with an alert mind and a thankful heart, and pray for us too, so that we will give, so that God will give us many opportunities to speak His mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And this is what I want you to highlight today: live wisely among those who do or who are not believers. And make the most out of every opportunity. If you get a chance, if you can, highlight that, underline that. Man, if you could bold it, bold it. You know what I mean? Like, just use a different highlighter color just to really emphasize. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Can we take 30 seconds to just pray? God, we just thank you for this word. And I pray right now that uh, as we've been praying the last couple of weeks, God, I've just had this sense in my heart that we need to take some time just to to focus our heart and our mind and our ears today to hear what you have to say. That whatever we hear today, Holy Spirit, you would take and you would cause it to bring change inside of our lives or encourage us or challenge us. And, And may we have the courage to walk that out as you give us ears to hear what you're saying today. And Lord, let everything be done in this house for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I don't know if you've, I'm sure all of us have actually, uh, had a moment where you have an opportunity to do something or experience something that might be a little rare or whatever. But you like, you just want to take advantage. How many like to take advantage of certain opportunities? Like, Like, for example, when we go to the grocery store, like in our house, we go through a lot of cheese. We go through a lot of cheese at our house. But if you go to the grocery store, and you know how much cheese costs, when we see cheese for sale, it doesn't matter if we've got eight blocks of cheese sitting in the kitchen fridge, right? You make sure, and I love these moments because it gets a little awkward, right? Because Cora's like, okay, listen, it says four per family, so I'm going to go through once, and then you're going to get four. How many husbands have been the, the second four, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Right. And it doesn't matter because you want to make the most of that moment. It's like cheese is on sale, dude. Like, let's get the cheese, you know. Or, you know, maybe you're like me. When I go to a buffet, like, I know I'm going to spend some money, so I want to make sure that I get the most out of my money. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to make this place go bankrupt. You know, you, you made the mistake of making this a buffet because I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to eat, man. You know what I mean? Like, you make the most out of every moment or some moments that, that you just know might be a little bit rare and, and I remember, you know, when we travel to New York City, one of our favorite cities to go, we do our best in the two or three days that we're there to make the most out of the entire, you know, time that we're there. We wake up early in the morning. We get home late at night. I remember the one time that we took the girls. We walked, in on one, one day, we walked 25 kilometers through New York City. And, we're, you know, and when we do it, especially the first time Cor and I did this, uh, and I think the second time too, we we bought like unlimited subway passes so that, you know, we, yeah, we'll hit all the touristy things. But we weren't as interested in the touristy things as much as we wanted to experience the city. We we wanted to make this super memorable. I, I remember we were walking at one point, it was just Cora and I, uh this one time, and uh, we we stumbled upon Soho. And and so like we 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 Cora's like, we gotta walk through Soho and I'm like, Cora, this is like we're not dressed for SoHo, right? That's where the rich, you know, buy their stuff. This is where the really posh hotels. And, you know, like, we, we, we don't have, listen, we don't even have a credit card that's high enough to purchase anything in any of these stores, you know? Like, and so we went in, she's, and Cora's super curious, and, and, you know, like, and she's like, into this, I remember this one store we walked into, and she just had to find out how much the certain jacket was, and it was like $5,000 or something like that. It was like a ridiculous price. Like, it was just crazy and outrageous, right? And then a few minutes later, we were walking out of Soho, and we were trying to find our, you know, our uh, subway stop that we were going to jump on and head back to Times Square for supper and, and enjoy the evening down there. And, and uh, you got to know something about Cora. Uh, if Cora wasn't a pastor's wife, she'd be paparazzi. I'm not going to lie. She would, man. Like everywhere we travel, Cora loves to find celebrities. And I'm like, I don't know what your problem is. You're married to me. So, uh, like, I don't understand what the deal is. Like, you know. But anywhere, wherever we go, LA, wherever we go, Cora is like, I just want to find at least one celebrity. And so as we we're walking out of Soho, um, we we were just Cora sees down the, you know, down this street, a bunch of people standing around. She's like, Well, let's go down and see what's going down there. And and I'm like, Well, let's just grab the subway, go back to Times Square. I'm starting to get hungry. And she's like, No, no, just come on, let's go. Maybe it's somebody famous. So we get down there and we see all these people um, with like. Uh, you can tell they have posters, but they were covering up their posters. They didn't want anybody to see what their poster was, and they were waiting. And all they would say is that somebody famous is coming to this, like, you know, it's like this boutique hotel, right? Like, it's it's not a name brand. It's not like Holiday Inn or Best Western. Like, it's this, you know, posh hotel where only the rich of the rich go to when you come to New York City kind of thing. And, and so, of course, let's stick around and find out who they're, you know, uh, you know wanting to get this autograph from. And and there was probably like thirty people. It was crazy, like just waiting for autographs. And black SUV after black SUV would keep pulling up, and you know, and 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 of course they'd all like get around the you know the the SUV, and and out comes you know somebody rich but not famous, and they're like, oh, you know, and they, and they walk away. And we were there for probably what three, four hours. She shaking. no, it was not two. She's lying. <laughs> She's lying. I love her, but she's, nope. she's fibbing. I'm just saying, man. And so we were there for like three or four hours, I guarantee you, because I know my stomach was like, I'm starting to get hangry. Not hungry, I'm hangry, you know. And, and, uh, and so anyways, uh, Cora finds out, n- probably in the middle of the way, finally someone lets it out and says, well, uh, Harrison Ford is coming. And Cora's like, uh, maybe we should leave. It's just some guy named Harrison Ford. And then, no, it is. And then she looked at me and she goes, apparently he was on Star Trek or something. What? <laughs> Bite your tongue. This is Star Wars and Han Solo. Like, you know, like, and so, and Cora's like, okay, so we'll stick around for a little bit longer. And so we're waiting, we're waiting, and all these trucks, you know, cars keep coming by. And finally, I'm like, Cora, I just, not like, let's, can we just, can we just go at least use the washroom and grab, like, a drink or something and come back or whatever, right? And she's like, okay, fine, we'll we'll head over here, we'll just the washroom, and come back. But and, and then we'll just come back for 10 more minutes. And I'm right, like, fine, you know, because cause here's the thing we just want to make the most out of our moment. And Cora's taking that like literally, like, we're making the most out of this moment. And and you never know what the adventure will bring when you make the most out of your moment. Because we got there and finally after about 10 or 15 minutes, I'm super, super hangry now. I gotta eat. And Cora goes, Okay, fine. You know what? Obviously, if it's Harrison Ford or whoever. They're not coming, so let's just go. All right, okay. So we start walking, and then all of a sudden, I see this black SUV come driving up, and behind it was this Jeep with this rig on the sides of the windows with all these cameras and like you know lights and whatever. And I looked at Cora, and I was like, "Yo, that's whoever it is is in that SUV. Run!" And you would think that I was with you, Zane. Bolts. All right, like. Like, man, she was down there, and like, and like she's like, and I was so, because I'm running, I'm grabbing my camera, you know, on my phone, and I've got it up like this, and, and Cora's not even thinking about her camera, she's just running, and being short, this is where the advantage of being short, she's like weaving and bobbing underneath people, and you know, and she's literally right beside the front door of this, you know, this posh hotel, whatever, and out comes not Harrison Ford, but Rihanna legit. The hounds were trying to get us off the, you know, like, oh, it's Harrison Ford, no big deal. It's not, you know, but it's Rihanna. And, and I was literally right beside the door. I can't remember if you caught a picture. I got a picture of her. Yeah, that's right. You got thrown up against the wall. So, you know, and I didn't defend her because I was taking pictures of Rihanna. You know, like, and I, I meant to put it up on the slide, but no, true story. But you make the most out of your moments. And that was the challenge of Paul the Apostle. He's like, hey, listen, I want you to make the most out of every opportunity, which is interesting because when Paul was writing this passage, he was in prison. And while in prison, even while he was in prison, even in a predicament that, you know, would suggest that, well, really, he's not in a place or position to influence, you know, people for the glory of God. He's, he, you know, like he's got circumstances in, situa- in a situation that anybody would understand if Paul didn't feel like doing ministry, but Paul's like, no, listen, I'm here because of the gospel, and I want to make the most out of my opportunity, and he did. He made the most of his time in prison. It's interesting. Just think about this. He's in prison and in chains, but he's bringing a message of freedom to break chains. not that awesome? Making the most of his moment, and he says, and he, and he finishes up this letter to the church You know, in in Colossae, and he's like, listen, guys, I just want to remind you that even while I'm in prison, I'm making the most. And I'm asking you to pray for me. I'm asking you that you would help me, that, that God would help me to proclaim the gospel, you know, to declare the truth, God's good news. As clearly as I possibly can, that God would provide opportunity, even while I'm in chains. And then he flips it on them and says, so listen, I want you to live wisely. You know, and then again, this is verse 5 and 6. He's like, I want you to live wisely, meaning be prudent. Think about, you know, make sure that your actions are done in such a way. You know, and again, I'll read it. He says, listen, live wisely how you live. Consider how you live among those who are not believers, making the most of every opportunity. And let your... You know, let your conversations be full of grace and attractive that you will have the right response for every opportunity. The NIV puts it this way, be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders that are not a part of the family of God yet. Some of them can be super distant, some of them can be this close. But just consider how you live and how you act towards them, your behavior, your activity, your lifestyle. And make sure that when you do have conversation, let it be full, always, I love that word, always full of grace. Never let your guard down. Make sure that it's full of grace or seasoned and seasoned, sorry, with salt so that you may know how to answer. What he's saying is, listen, if you're going to make the most of every opportunity like me, and what I want you to do because that's the mission of the gospel, and we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks, that, that part of our mandate is, is not only to be a place where people feel like they belong and we, and we allow that, or not allow them, but we make sure that they walk out here knowing that they are valued and loved. That this is a family that we want them to be a part of. That through the ups and the downs, we celebrate the highs and we're there for you in the lows. That like you, you're on a journey. All of us are on a journey. We're not here because we consider ourselves perfect. If anything, we're here because we understand that we're Imperfect that we're in need of a Savior, that we need God to transform our lives and to heal our hearts. And we're not only here because we want to have this deep encounter with Jesus, which is so important that everybody has an encounter with Jesus every time we come together. That's one of our goals is that when you walk out of here, you know whether through the word or through ministry one to another or worship or ministry through prayer or whatever, that you've encountered Jesus the way Jesus wants you to encounter him. But we want to be community engaged. And we don't apologize for that. And we serve even if, even if by serving it doesn't necessarily you know, lead someone in that moment to Jesus. We're just going to serve and we're going to trust that that seed that's being sown, God is going to use it. But even if it doesn't come to fruition, we're going to be a blessing to our community. That's our mandate. And we're going to do simple gestures. And I'm calling you to it. I'm not just inviting you to it, I'm calling you to it as a follower of Jesus because I believe that serving is a natural expression and, and an outpour of the depth of our relationship with God. It doesn't, it doesn't make us know God more or doesn't show that we love God more. It just says, God, I love you so much that I just want to serve where I can with the talents, the giftings, the resource that you've given me and the time that you've given me. And the opportunity that's in front of me. And Paul says, listen, make the most out of that. We want to be community engaged. But sometimes we have to remember that our approach can either maximize the opportunity or minimize the opportunity. That sometimes our approach and making the most out of that opportunity is more about what people encounter with you before they have an encounter through you it's about our actions it's it's how we we do things and the truth is is that our actions and our conversation regardless will have some kind of influence that's that's really what paul's saying it's going to impact them and so he said make the most Out of your opportunity and he challenges by saying listen think about be cautious about how you live your actions your attitudes as well as what you say and how you say it. Wisdom is understanding and realizing that that your life and your actions and your attitudes can reflect Jesus or not they can either drive someone to Jesus or drive someone away from Jesus. And the part of paul is that we would have encounters with people where, where our encounter their their interaction with us you know a, a, you know more than just a surface level moment would communicate our point to jesus conversations comments thoughts that that are that are completely full of grace and what that word really means is about being humble and gracious and pleasant when we're talking to them the complete opposite of being rough judgmental and critical that's what that word means And then he says it needs to be seasoned with salt, meaning it has to be strategic. In the end, the living says it needs to be attractive, meaning it draws them in. Just think about that illustration for a moment, salt, right? You know, salt is, is one of those things that when you use in a co- it, like, it can either bring the flavor out of something or make you want to say, I can't wait to get this meal over with, you know? Like, you know how you go to a restaurant, and it's like, man, something about this meal is so good, and then you try to go home, and you try to replicate that, and it doesn't go, out, doesn't go over so well? You know, a lot of times, the, the, the reason, part of the reason is not just the cooking ability of a chef versus you, but, but a lot of it has to do with seasoning. How much salt that you use if you use too much salt, it's something you're like, I just want to push away. If you use too little salt, then, you know, it's something that, uh, that's bland and you're like, I can't handle that. And you push it away as well. But if it's seasoned just right at the right time, it actually pulls the flavor out and it draws you into that moment. We've all had meals like that. In fact, while I'm telling you this story, there's a meal that just came to your mind at a restaurant or maybe somewhere you're like, oh man, I remember that. And now you're leaning over to your spouse saying, we're going to the keg after this. You know what I mean? Like, we've all had that. And what Paul is saying is, he's like, listen, when you're having conversations with people, be full of grace. Now, I I, I didn't say this in the last couple of sessions, but I thought about it in between. Maybe the reason why we need to be very gracious in our conversation is we're not too far removed from where they are. And if we were in their shoes, would we really want someone to be critical or judgmental or hard or rough when I'm hurting and broken and I'm just trying to find a way? And how many times do I hear, and I heard it last night in a conversation that I had with somebody, He said to me, Pastor Craig, no matter how many times I ask God to forgive me, I just have a hard time forgiving myself and the people that I've hurt, I just can't seem to be able to get to a place where I feel like they've forgiven me and can't even have that conversation. And the weight of the world, and I'm on the phone and I'm thinking, yeah, I get it. You've made some mistakes and you've made some choices and you've said some things that you shouldn't have said. And I can highlight that, but that's not the point. In fact, that's not even what's needed. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verse 29, and it's up on the screen. I'm jumping ahead because I want to do this in, in a different order here in the second service. You know, again, Ephesians says, do not let any unwholesome talk. You know, this word can be used to describe vulgar or foul language, but it also can be, and I love this word that's used to describe, you know, this idea of unwholesome. It's worthless talk. Instead, you know, and listen to this, but but only, you know, don't let it come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their what? Their needs. Where they are at. You know, sometimes we're standing in front of people and they don't know that their sin has broken relationships or has, you know, distanced themselves from God. They have no idea. And, and and again, we're reminded that whatever should come out of your mouth should be something that will that will build them up according to their needs, that it will benefit those who listen. It will move them a little further. Can you see? Can you see the relationship between this passage and Colossians and this word from Paul where he's like, listen, let your conversations with those who are, who are not yet there in faith. And, and to be quite honest with you, I believe that Paul would say this about, you know, even your relationships one to another. Let them be full of grace. And, and let them be seasons with salt, meaning evaluate what's going on in this moment and think to yourself, What can I say in this moment that's going to draw them a little closer to Jesus? And I want to be clear here today for a couple of things. I'm not speaking this message today because I think that community church, you know, doesn't do this well. I think you guys do this extremely well. And I'm not saying this because, you know, I... I, I, um, you know, all of a sudden I feel like God gave me this word. It was it was interesting. Something had happened. And I think it kind of happened on the heels of, you know, the Don Cherry comments. And I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to make a comment or an opinion on it. Enough has been said about it. But I remember sitting there and thinking about our approach when we're talking to people. And then, I think it was the next Saturday, Cora and I were at the mall. I don't even know if Cora saw this person, but... As soon as I walked into the mall, I noticed this guy walking through the mall, he's got this t-shirt on, and, uh, and he's not saying anything, he's not approaching anybody, and this t-shirt just says, you know, believe on the Son of God, and on the other side of his t-shirt it says, repent or perish. Right? Repent or perish. And instantly I thought, wow, that's an interesting evangelistic tool, like, you know, and he's not, he's not chasing after anybody, he's not getting in anybody's face, he's... He's just got a somber look, and he's just kind of walking through the mall, and and uh, and I and I watched him for a few minutes because he came into the uh, you know the food court, and I was grabbing a coffee, and and I and I just I watched this, and it, my mind started getting triggered about you know the message that I just shared about how you know or I felt God was putting on my heart to share about gauging our community and small gestures and that kind of stuff, and I thought, well, it's interesting, you know, this guy's in the mall, and and this is. This is what he's choosing. He's, he's making the most of an opportunity right now. But my, my question was, how, how is this really impacting? Or how is this really, you know, clicking for people? And not to mention the fact that even though there are things on his t-shirt that were true, uh, the reality is it's missing one big part. He did it because he loves you deeply. And that is such an essential part to understanding the need for repentance and understanding in eternity with or without God. It's a big part. And so this week I found myself thinking about, man, in okay, case so we have a simple gesture, but what about those moments? And I started thinking about this passage of Paul. And I want to challenge you and encourage you today that to make the most out of our opportunity is, is to have wisdom enough to realize that my life, which needs to be aligned with God, Points to Jesus, not the other way. And my conversations, when I have opportunity, needs to be full of grace, always full of grace, but strategic. And so, I'm not talking about watering down the gospel. I'm not talking about avoiding the truth. You guys know this. I just think there's a way, and I think this is what Paul was saying. And please forgive me if this offends you, but, but I think what Paul is saying is there is a way and a, prop, a proper and appropriate way to communicate the gospel that reflects Jesus, and you can do it without being an idiot. I can't believe Pastor Craig just said idiot. I'm not calling anybody here. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Because here's some questions that we need to ask ourselves, and then I'm gonna, I want to dive into some, some, uh, some the power of our words for a second. But, but here's some questions that I started writing down. Like when it comes to my my actions and my conversation, like what is my goal? What do I hope to accomplish in this moment? Which, by the way, just so we're clear, because some people think that I've got this small window, and if I don't share the entire gospel in this moment, and trust me, there might be times where you have the opportunity to do that. But don't feel that pressure, and here's why. Because the very person that's saying, hey, listen, you know, maximize the very most of your opportunity is the very guy that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, made it very clear that the salvation or the journey of faith is a process. He said, listen, guys, I planted the seed inside your heart, verse 6, but listen, Apollos came along and water it. You have no idea that in your moment, your encounter, this opportunity might be you planting the seed or it might be you coming alongside and watering that. This is a team effort. And so sometimes we feel the weight. It's like, man, if, this, if, 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 I, if I don't tell this person about Jesus in this moment, this is it. This is their one shot. No, it's not. I have a hard time believing that God gave everybody just one shot. I think the whole point of Jesus dying on the cross is to communicate, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get you home. And even in moments where you and I are disobedient, not to let us off the hook, that's for sure, but God will find a way, and he'll find someone who's obedient, And he'll do it 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 40 times, 50 times, 100 times. He'll do it as much as possible so long as the opportunity is still there. He'll keep bringing somebody to share the gospel. But when we have the opportunity, we've got to think about our actions. We've got to think about our attitudes. We've got to think about, you know, our... Uh, moments with people, conversations need to be full of grace, all that kind of stuff. Can I be honest with you today? (sighs) I struggle with this passage of Scripture, because it's not easy. I mean, if anything, this is the reason. This passage of Scripture right here is the reason why I don't put a Jesus fish on the back of my car. No, seriously. This might be the reason why there are days where I do not communicate that I'm a pastor, and there's a reason how many times and 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 I don't know maybe this is just me maybe you're better than me maybe you're more holy than I am maybe you just have gotten past this time in life but how many times have I had a moment just a moment where someone kind of bugs me you know whether it's a uh, you know driving is obviously my biggest struggle and and I, I still Jesus I need to help me with that you know or you know moments like walking out of Walmart you know now they're flagging you every time you go to Walmart they want to check your receipt and I'm like man if I'm gonna steal something from Walmart It's not gonna be Snap Peas. You know what I mean? Like, really? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know? (laughs) But how many times have I heard this? Craig. And that's like the equivalent. When your wife says your first name, it's like the equivalent of your mom saying your full name, right? In that tone. Craig. What if that person shows up at church tomorrow morning? You can't say that. Because I get irritated sometimes. Am I the only person that gets irritated? Or are you guys that much more perfect than I am? Like, (laughs) come on. Thank you. (laughs) Like, I thought I was going to have to have, like, a support group for myself right now. You know, like. And I'm just being transparent. Not to, you know, paint this picture of, wow, your pastor really needs Jesus, like, deeply. You know, it's just is I struggle, and I know that we all struggle, and we all have moments where we encounter people, and, and our actions and our attitude and sometimes our conversation doesn't really point people to Jesus. Especially in our words. Not, not to minimize, by the way, our actions, because I, I think lifestyle is so important, but I want to I hone in just for a couple of minutes, and then I'm going to wrap up here. I just want to hone in on the words for a second, the words that we say one to another, the words that we speak to our spouses our children, and I'm as guilty, trust me, when I'm I'm sharing this today, this is one of those messages that all week long, I'm like, wow, God, I just, man, I've got to up my game on this end of things at times. Because sometimes even the people that are closest to us are the ones that experience the opposite of this what we should be. I don't know if it's because we just lower the guard and we just feel like we can be, you know, ourselves. But the problem is, is that whether it's one to another or especially to the outsider who's looking for Jesus, that non-believer, and they're basing their interest or being drawn into it is starting with the encounter that they're having with you and I before they have their encounter through you with Jesus. And I think about passages like Proverbs uh, chapter 12, verse 18. Solomon chimes in on this and he says, listen, the words of the reckless they pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise it brings healing. You know, sometimes I think we forget that Not just a simple gesture, but sometimes embracing somebody in a gracious manner, even though, listen, at the end of the day, you know, we can, you know, make this argument in our minds and say, you know what, here's the problem. Like, they don't deserve grace right now. Well, neither do you and I. But that's the beauty of grace. It's God choosing to enter into a relationship with us long before we even make the move to have a relationship with him. And gives us what we don't deserve. And isn't it isn't it just reflective of Jesus that when we have those conversations, and I'll be honest with you, I I think about some of the conversations that I've had, you know, in the last little while, and there are times people will walk into the room and, and they'll share, you know, their hurts, their pains, their, you know, the depth. And I'm sure you've had some of these conversations with your coworkers and others, and 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 I I'm I'm literally sitting there going yeah man like man they've made them I can I literally have said it man they're in my mind not out loud you know like man they've really made a mess of their lives and wow like this is gonna be so difficult and but all I can hear the Lord just saying is just can you just love on them for a moment here we'll get to that we'll get to that how many times has Core had to remind me that you know. There are times where she's like, hey, you know we have daughters, right, not boys. And, you know, you, you sometimes you come across a little too strong, you know. And, and she's like, girls are wired differently, Craig, than guys. Guys are just, you know, not all guys, but a lot of guys will take it and whatever. But but they just see things and hear things differently. And, and again, going back to that passage of Ephesians, that's that's evaluating where people are at. And, and what Psalm is saying is, listen, your words can either hurt somebody or it can heal somebody. Which one do you choose? Again, in Proverbs 18, verse 21, where it says that life and death is in the tongue, I like how the Message Bible says it. It says words kill, words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. So going back to that, you know, that question, like, what is it that you want to accomplish? These are the questions that I think we need to start asking ourselves in the moment. In fact, before I ask these questions, I think we need to get back to living a life like James chapter 1, verse 19. The Amplified says this, that understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let everyone be quick to hear Meaning, you know, be careful, be a thoughtful listener. When you're listening in that moment, here's some great questions that you need to be asking yourself before you respond. Because he says, be slow to respond. Meaning, be a speaker that, that has carefully chosen, you know, again, seasoned with salt. I'm going to be strategic. What can I say in this moment that will draw you closer to Jesus, cl- draw you closer to repentance, draw you to a deeper understanding of God? And so before you speak, maybe the questions we need to ask yourself is what I'm about to say or how I'm living in this case of of Colossians chapter 1, will this reach them or wreck them? You know, here's another one. Will this open their eyes or will this close their hearts? and and the thing is it's such a struggle because he's like listen again going back to James James picks up that thought along the same lines if you read the book of James it talks about how the tongue has is so powerful it's like a rudder of a ship it can it can steer the entire ship it can be like fire it can it can just cause uh, one little spark and cause uh, you know this massive you know major fire or it can be like poison he picks up on the thoughts of King Solomon and he says listen whatever you do let everyone be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to anger meaning be reflective be forgiving because in the next verse he says because right like anger does not reflect the righteousness of god man that's so hard it's so difficult but if we're going to maximize our approach if we're gonna maximize our moment, it's evaluating. That's the first thing I would say to you. The first thing I would say to myself, not only in the moment, but after the moment, and even make, you know, leading its way up to the moment. And I begin to ask those questions, and I begin to say, what's my goal? What do I hope to accomplish? What do I hope to, you know, and, and then prayer. I, I love how the beginning of this passage, there's two things that I didn't highlight as much at the beginning, and I'm going to highlight it now, though, because it, it all just, it's one big package. He says, listen, devote yourselves to prayer, to becoming alert, meaning you're aware of the journey that you're having with God and the influence, and the temptations and the struggles. And at the same time, being grateful because who you once were is not who you are anymore because of the transformation of the Holy Spirit. And the relationship through Jesus Christ. You notice that, and I don't, in fact, to be quite honest with you, even though the scripture says, hey, listen, be aware of the time or the need or where someone's at. You notice that the one thing that the scripture never points to to allow to shape you as far as your walk with God is culture. Well, but this is how our culture reacts. This is how everybody else in life does it. Can I just say this? The journey of Jesus is not a journey that will necessarily reflect popular culture. In fact, most times it won't. It will be counterculture. But it's the way of Jesus. And if it's the way of Jesus, it's the way of the Father. It's the way it needs to be done. It's, the, it's, his, it's his expectations. But what I love about that is that God never costs something that he doesn't walk us to or enable us to do it or empower us to do it. But the last thing we should allow is for culture to dictate how we interact with people. And at the same time, can I just say this? The last thing that we should allow is legalistic religiosity to lead us in how we interact with people. It's Jesus. And it is the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And Paul starts this conversation by saying, listen, be devoted in prayer. Man, pray this thing through. And while you're praying for your life, because listen to if you're praying for your life, and you're praying to be like Jesus, and you're surrendering to God, and you're opening your heart to the Lord, guess what? Naturally... You're going to live a life that reflects Jesus. It will just come because you're becoming like Jesus. Your conversations are going to be full of grace. Why? Because you're understanding the magnitude of the grace that you received, that I received. You're beginning to understand what it means to truly be forgiven because in your encounter with God, you're realizing the price that He paid that He didn't have to pay, but He chose to pay because He loves you so deeply. You begin to understand how Sin grieves the heart of God when all he wants is a relationship with you and I. And all of a sudden, you start to think about yourself and you go, man, if I was this person that's sitting in front of me right now, who's so broken, and there's a way to speak truth, that's where the seasoning of salt comes in where he's like, you be strategic, you still speak, but use what's going to draw people Sometimes it might be just one word. Sometimes it might be just a little prayer. Sometimes it's just saying, hey, I'm, I'm with you. And sometimes it is saying, hey, listen, yeah, this, this is kind of, has got to stop. And that's my challenge and my encouragement to you and to me. That this is us. And to be community engaged is to be a church that will say, hey, in my everyday life, my co-workers, my, you know, my family, my, my community within community, I'm going to make the most out of every moment. And I'm going to surrender myself to God to challenge me and to strengthen me and to encourage me to live wisely among those conduct myself in a way that will point to Jesus every single moment, but I know there'll be moments where we mess up. That's where the grace of God comes in, and we don't get buried by that feeling of, oh, I didn't hit it this time. We shake it off, and we keep walking, praying again, God, give me strength in the next encounter. Would you stand with me all over this place? There's so much more I can say. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.